Hey there, thank you for listening to Say Less, presented by the Watchtower Media Network. For pop culture with a view, head to WTCHTWR.com and follow on all the socials at Watchtower underscore media. Make sure you check out our pieces, including the latest part in Victoria Neuer's series on social changes in Saudi Arabia cooking up a sandstorm, and Valentina de Barber's tips on the five must-have fashion trends for 2021. Plus, of course, keep an eye out on the Watchtower podcast feed for all of our fine content, including Hate Listening and Sultans of Sing. Right now, say less with me, Aaron Casanova, and Mihir Kole, coming up. Say less episode four. We're back with another set of picks, recommendations, and reviews. Let's get straight into it. Mihir, last week I recommended for you Tom McCarthy's masterpiece, Spotlight. What did you think? Okay, so there's a there's a lot to unpack about this movie, as I'm sure you know. Uh, I can see why it won uh, the Best Academy Picture Award. There's it's it's really it's real. It's so real. All of the things happening there. They carry such a heavy weight, um, the acting as well, uh, done masterfully, you know, and um, the story also being, it's based obviously off a true story as well. Um, I don't know, when I was watching it, it, it wasn't it wasn't at any point that, you know, I can think, oh, I'm just going to lie down in my chair, you know, sit back, relax. It was always like sitting forward, you know, just paying attention, thinking, oh God, what's happening? What's going to happen next? Um, obviously, you know, if you if you know the history about, what the movie is about you know a little bit about what happens and what's going on but even then it's it's a bit shocking and i'm i find it interesting that it's it's a metaphor for a lot of things obviously it's focused on the you know the the priests and the pedophilia rings and surrounding all of that but you know you can you can expand it to other other things in life as well about you know honesty and truth and covering up and all of those things that happen so i i thought it was great i thought it's a really it's a movie that really makes you think it's so well done for a movie that has i don't know if you had a chance to read my retrograde uh retrospective on it but there's so much going on in a movie that doesn't really have any action scenes there's no there's barely any anyone raising their voice it's just it's to me it's such a well constructed and well written piece of cinema that Mm -hmm. doesn't need you know explosions and car chases it just needs facts Even with the action movies, you know, bar a few of them, most of the times you know what's going to happen. You know the bad guy's not going to get away with it. You know the good guy's not going to die, right? Uh, and even with all of that action, it loses its its weight, the tenseness, uh, the suspense. Um, and this movie conveys that, those things. You know, you're not always sure what's going to happen because that's not how the world works. Uh, and obviously the little the little bit at the end uh, where that the, the cardinal, cardinal law, he left his job, but then he got a promotion to work in Rome. It, it's it makes your blood boil a little bit. The epilogue is one of the it's one of the simultaneously saddest, but also most unbelievable points in the movie. I don't know if you know, but when they showed the film at Cannes, the mm. theater of critics actually started laughing at the epilogue because yeah, it's the incredible nature of how this keeps happening and how. They just keep getting away with it. That's what that was my exact. I I wanted to laugh. 
when it yeah. came it was it wasn't a laugh it was a laugh of pure terror you know it was just yeah. like oh well it 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 is how it is what it is it it be like that man it it does piss you off yeah and all you can all you can think about is is to laugh you know because no other emotion quite gets the same but yes i think people should watch that film they should quick reaction best uh, performance among the actors you got a lot to choose Ooh. Ruffalo, McAdams, Keaton, Schreiber. Okay, it's tough. Gucci. It's tough because you know I have to I have to balance my love for a certain actor <laughs> versus <laughs> versus how you know what they did in the movie, right? Obviously, if I if that was the case, I would say Ruffalo up there, crazy. But mm. I think Keaton did a really good job, and Rachel McAdams also did a really good job. So I don't I don't know between the two of them, but I they were all great, my guy. It's so hard to pick. I love all of these actors. It's just a wonderful film. Yeah. Right, so taking a, a step into a completely different direction with a lighthearted rom-com, which you can enjoy sitting back in your chair with a bag of popcorn. What did you think of my recommendation, The Perfect Date, starring Noah Centineo? In a sentence, it's not a good movie, but, that doesn't, <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. Right? Yeah. So we watched it, me and my brother Alan watched it uh, actually earlier today. You have to think of it as kind of conjunctive with... Uh, Sierra Burgess and To All the Boys purely because Noah Centineo is in it. He yes. is great in this movie. It's not, a, you know, it's never going to win Best Actor or anything, but yeah. him and Laura Morano, who plays Celia, carry the movie totally. Yes, 100%. That's the only reason I wanted you to watch it is for them <laughs> to... <laughs> I know the movie is crap. There's no, there's no functioning plot. No, None of it makes sense. <laughs> the, no, the, pa the pacing is all wrong. I even said to my brother, when they go to the um, house party at Shelby's, uh, played yeah. by Camila Mendez, who, by the way, just to take 10 seconds out, Camila Mendez, I can't tell if she's any good at acting because she's only in like three <laughs> scenes. And I'm... I've, Slap out refused to watch Riverdale, as has been yeah. recommended to me numerous times, despite the fact that Camila Mendes is in it, also Lily Reinhardt. I can't tell if she's any good because she's in, in like three scenes. Anyway, yeah. the soundtrack, as ever, is phenomenal. It, they, the perfect use of um, The Man by the Killers. That's great. Mm -hmm. Everything else about it shouldn't and doesn't really work. The pacing is all wrong. The, like I was saying, the scene at the house party, that feels like it should be about 40 minutes in. <laughs> yes. And it's only like 25 minutes in. The narrative doesn't flow at all. If you imagine yeah. a narrative should have, should basically look like an oscillating wave, it just constantly looks like a disjointed bunch of um, straight lines that mm -hmm. go somewhere and stop and then reappear right at the bottom. Yes, yes. The narrative doesn't make sense. There's so many... The B-plots with um, No Centineo's dad, who I don't know the name of the actor, but he plays Shank in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's how I know him. Mm. That somehow resolves itself really quickly. There's so many problems with it, but it's not unwatchable. You kind mm -hmm. of, you, you sit, you recline in your chair after 85 minutes, because it's only an 85-minute movie, which, by the way, I thought they could have added like 15 minutes. You sit back and you're like, that's not good. But if I need some background noise, because I was trying to write an article today, yeah, yeah. which is yeah. actually already up, little cheeky plug. I was trying to write an article, and you're like, if this is another weekend way, way in the future, and I'm like, man, I need some background music. Because normally I'll put on like a miniseries. The perfect date would go pretty well. Like, you don't really need to pay too much attention. You yeah. don't really need to focus on the story. 
it just kind of happens. You know what the beats are. Yeah. Centineo's there. So if you do look up <laughs> once in a while, Laura Morano's there. Camila Mendes is there. Like, it's kind of a weirdly likable movie. It is. It's very likable for a movie that's terrible. The, the reason I suggested it is because <laughs> my my whole thing about this movie is that the actors, Noah Centineo, Laura Morano, and Camila Mendes, I think their script just said, look pretty, stare at the camera, and say these random lines which have no 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 effect on anyone's lives ever. And I think that's what makes it good. That's it. Love that's them. their jobs. I think Camille Mendes, you know, she barely has any lines. She barely has screen time. But every time she's on the screen, you can't take your eyes off of her. Yeah, she is gorgeous in this movie. Yes. And yeah. obviously the star is Centineo, who you can kind of understand the backlash that people give him for being this guy who's so handsome and is in loads of these teen rom-coms. And he kind of reminds you of McConaughey when McConaughey was in all of those really bad movies until he made Dallas Buyers Club and people were like, oh, I, actually, he's a pretty good actor. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too much longer on this because we got plenty to run through, but a weirdly likable movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't despise for it not being good. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy that's, it. The whole, that's, it. That's, that's the whole point of these these weird rom-coms, but yeah. yeah. Centineo, Morano, Mendez, say less. Centineo. Say less, true. All right, so moving on to slightly calmer, I guess, uh, recommendations. Mm -hmm. Something for you to listen to, Mahir. My, uh, my pick from last week was Grace by Jeff Buckley, the entire album. Uh, as I said last week, Jeff Buckley's only album. What did you think? Okay, so I'm glad you brought up that it's the entire album because if it was just the song, I would have not much to say because the song Grace itself is really good. All right, and um, my favorite part of that song is the... the because I play guitar and I love, you know, funky guitar rhythms. You know, there's a little, little bridge every, maybe like every 45 seconds in the song, you know, where that funky guitar sound comes out. I love it. That's amazing. The other song that I really liked, I mean, obviously we're excluding Hallelujah here. Uh, the other song I really liked was Eternal Life. And that's for the same reason. The song itself starts in a really dirty sound, you know, like Sunshine of Your Love by Cream, if you know that song. Banging early dirty rhythm with the bass and the guitar amazing now the rest of the album i did not like but that's my personal preference because i don't like this kind of music uh, i thought that a lot of the other songs were too slow they didn't have uh the kind of rough rough nature that i like in some of my songs that's why i liked eternal life and um grace because they did have a bit of funkiness to them uh, and a bit of the rock soul uh, and I didn't, I didn't feel that in the in the other songs. So I think those songs are my favorite in this album. I I get what you mean. I think yeah. that I understand why it's so critically acclaimed, and there's a lot going for it. But I'm with you. I don't think it's something I want to keep listening to all the time. It's not one of those albums that's really simple, re-listenable. I would Go put ahead. Grace in my playlist. I would put Grace in my playlist for sure. Because uh, yeah, if it comes on, I'm not going to skip it because it's a good song. My question, ultimately, after recommending it to you, is what do you think 16-year-old you would have thought of, especially Grace, the title track? Well, I loved music class because I love music, but I hated the songs that I was told to listen to. And I know this is, this is something that a lot of people have problems with in school, with English and with music. So I was told to listen to Moby. I think Moby's cool now, but back when I was 16, I thought Moby was shit. Moby <laughs> was one of the ones we had to listen to in part of class, another one of his. Yep. Actually, it's so yep. weird. I had to listen to Why Does My Heart Feel So Yeah, bad. that was the one we had to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I know, so, that's what we out. What ends up happening in school is 
you have these great songs and you have these great books that if you listened to or if you read in your own free time, you would enjoy. But because the school is telling you to listen to them or telling you to read them and do thorough analysis or recreation or try and piece out certain tunes and, and themes and motifs, it makes the whole process boring. So 16-year-old me would have dreaded this because it would have ruined a good song for me because I would have liked to listen to Grace, just enjoy it. But then if I was told by my teacher to, you know, analyze the song, you know, pick out themes, motifs, whatever, that would have killed it. That would have killed my motivation. And I think that's true for a lot of, lot of students in, in high school trying to consume literature, poetry, art, whatever it might be. Yeah, it's a very different interpretation you have when you don't have to listen to it. Like, I'm yes. glad I left it seven years until I kind of basically picked up Grace again. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, right. So my recommendation for you was um, the song Ghost Ship by Blur from their new album, The Magic Whip. Before I go into any of the details about why I asked you to listen to this, what did you think? I liked Ghost Ship. I'm kind of similar in that I don't think it will be a song that I'm putting on my playlist anytime soon, but it's a pleasant enough listen. Mm -hmm. I'll let you explain why you like it so much, because I think yeah. it means more to you, but I understand why you like it so much. It's, it's a nice song. Yeah. The, yeah. the album as a whole, The Magic Whip, is a nice one too. Yes, I also like, I, I don't know what, something something out, that song pops. Um, but yeah, the reason I, I, I chose that song is because I came upon it randomly and I, I read into a bit about the history of, of that album and how, they, how Blur came up with it. They were on their way to Japan to play a tour and they got stranded in Hong Kong for five days. And during that time, they came up with a few of the songs that ended up on The Magic Whip and the ghost ship was one of them. And the song is about Hong Kong, my home city, which I miss very much. And the song is kind of like an ode to Hong Kong, you know. I miss, you know, going to the, the pier and the bay and looking at those flashy lights and, and bright lasers and, and the, the noises and the food and all of that. So I, I thought that song, I, I, I resonated with it. Obviously, it's not a perfect song. You know, there's not much going on in there. It's pretty simple, but it's cute. I think it's really cute for, for someone who has been to Hong Kong or is from Hong Kong, they might they might like it a lot. It, it is a nice song. And yeah. kind of to put in a fourth recommendation, because um, I already have my picks for you set up this week, but I'd recommend watching the documentary that I mentioned last week, the last film I ever watched in a cinema in De uh, December 2015, New World Towers, which is the documentary New World Towers. Yeah, by Blur, about Blur about this album. I'd really recommend it to you. That's my kind of fourth off the menu, secret menu, <laughs> surprise in the shape. Okay. I'll recommend that one to you. All right. Perfect. And onto our wild cards. So really thinking out the box, talk about fries <laughs> in the shape for your wild card that I picked for you last week, Mahir. Burger yeah. King's Steakhouse Angus. We normally release these episodes of Say Less around lunch, tea time, Sunday lunch. Yeah. yeah. Would the Burger King Steakhouse Angus be something you would recommend to people eating their Sunday dinner, Sunday lunch, whatever it is? Well, you know that I, I had that burger right after our podcast last week. <laughs> um, and, and I told you my first thoughts right there. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I got the meal because obviously um, that's just how I roll. Uh, I, I, you know, I love I love fried onions in my burger. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of barbecue sauce, um, but this one I loved. I think it's great. I think it's an amazing burger. I think if you want something that's fast food, uh, something that is, it's a little, obviously Burger King is a little pricey compared to other fast food options like KFC and McDonald's. But I think with this burger, it, 
it rightly deserves that that price that it sets. Uh, it's not too bad. It's what seven pounds on its own, maybe with the meal nine. I thought it was fantastic. I'm glad you recommended it because I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed dinner that night very much. For yeah, for anyone who wants to just have a nice burger and not put too much fuss into it, you know, not have to go to a fancy burger house or something. But want something that's a bit step above the Big Mac? Look no further. The Steakhouse Angus Burger has you covered. It's really good. I I I would have it again for the fried onions alone, honestly. So next time we go to Barcelona, God knows when that will be, and we walk past the Burger <laughs> King on Las Ramblas, the huge one. And when I ask, do you want Burger King for lunch? So this time you're not going to say no. Fuck that. I hate Burger <laughs> King. Let's get something yeah, else. Yeah. I, I've been to Barcelona so many times. I am honestly, the thing I love and hate the most about the city is after four days in there, I cannot stand eating the fucking spicy potatoes, potatoes bravas for the 14th <laughs> time. It it gets so old so quick. You know, you have it the first 10 times. It's amazing. You have it 15 <laughs> times. You're like, man, can this, can this city offer me anything that is not fried potatoes, please, for God's sake. Uh, potatoes, I'm sick of egg, calamari. I'm sick right? of potatoes. I'm sick of calamari. <laughs> I, just, I just want some dirty steakhouse Angus burger. I'll be, I'm with you, my guy. I will come to Burger King. Don't worry. I look forward to it. I really do. Right. So my wild card for you was a, um, a show called Penn and Teller Fool Us and some of its clips on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, Penn and Teller are magicians and the show's premise is for magicians to come on stage, do their trick, and for Penn and Teller to try and guess how it's done. So yeah, how, what did you think? Which ones did you watch, and what did you think? I watched Shin Lim first of all. I noticed that the of guy course. had sixty-five million hits on <laughs> YouTube. Um, he was good. I liked. I really liked the fact he didn't speak. I thought there was yes, a lot of theater yes. in it. It really made you concentrate. The one I especially liked was um, Aussie Wind. Mm-hmm. The I won't spoil it in case our listeners watch, but check out the Aussie Wind one. The twist at the end of his trick, because obviously there's a twist, it will get you every single time. Yeah, it's just fantastic. And yeah, I watched a couple more. I liked it. I the thing with magic in the UK, especially having you know grown up with or watching programs by people like David Blaine, then later Dynamo, is that you kind of feel like you've seen it all. And so yeah. I haven't really watched the magic program or anything like that. No, like Darren Brown for like maybe 10 years because they're, you know, really out of fashion. But the way they deliver it and the way that Penn and Teller Fool Us is put on YouTube really helps because it's 10 minutes a clip. You don't have to watch through all the like crap ones where you, like, even the marks can tell. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I thought also was really interesting is that you're reminded of how much there is that goes into magic when yeah. Penn and Teller, who obviously have seen every single trick in the book, when they are still like, I have no idea how you've done that. Mm-hmm. That tells you how difficult magic is and how how many different ways there are to pull the wool over people's eyes. That's the whole point. I think, you know, watching magic on its own gets old really quick because obviously the magician's going to fool the layman, right? But Penn and Teller, who, like you said, know every every trick in the book, trying to fool them, that's challenging. So you get these tricks that are well thought out. You know, they spent 10 years on them, 15 years on them. They've got so many layers and it makes it more interesting. Yeah, shout out to Jonathan Ross and Alison Hannigan too. They, they, they do well. They carry the show as well. Yeah, 
I like them too. I like their kind of wide-eyed approach to everything. Yeah, um, yes, true. It's good stuff. Um, all right, so that means that we move on to another set of uh, things to watch, things to listen to, and wild cards for this week. I will get the ball rolling, Mahir, with my recommendation for you to some uh, to you for something to watch. This movie premiered at last year's Sundance Festival and was set for a huge uh, theatrical release until, of course, COVID got in the way. Starring Andy Samberg of The Lonely Island and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Kristen Milioti, yeah. who most people will know as... Yeah, I see where this is going. <laughs> um, who's also Agent Cole in USS Callister and Black Mirror. Camila Mendez is in it too, uh, who appears to be an f- emerging favourite of the show. And one of my favourite actors, J.K. Simmons. My pick right, to you this week. Just tell me the damn name already, all right? You say Oz. less, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, my pick to you is Palm Springs. Um, yeah. To give a bit of background, have you ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? The one with Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. So it's essentially a modern take on Groundhog Day, which actually undersells it. It's only 90 minutes long. You're going to have to find it, if you know what I mean, on yeah. the internet. But yeah, starring Andy Samberg, Chris Emilioti, Camila Mendez, J.K. Simmons. The soundtrack, as appears to be the case of a lot of the movies we've been watching, is just phenomenal. And it's a great take on the time loop uh, genre, as it were, where the goat is Groundhog Day. That's probably always going to be the goat. But Palm Springs is a really good take on it. I love this movie. I'm glad you recommended it because I've been seeing posters for it online on Reddit and stuff, and it looked amazing. So I'm glad you're because I've, I've been just looking for an excuse to to take two hours out and just watch it. So I definitely will. You could have you could have just said Andy Samberg movie Palm Springs, and I I would be I would be there already. I I freaking love that guy. Everything he creates is so funny. He's I was there in the early days is. of the Lonely Island, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, those were the days. And <laughs> honestly, to see him come go from that to this movie which he gets nominated for the golden globe for best actor in a musical or comedy is just he's great in this he really is yeah thing is i mentioned camila mendez it's exactly what i said earlier she only has like three scenes and i can't tell if she's <laughs> actually a good actor which is really a shame yeah uh yeah no even with riverdale you know i'm pretty sure riverdale is the same situation where a lot there's just a the cast of very attractive teenagers to young adults and mostly they just sit there and they deliver crappy lines she's good she plays Kristen Milioti's sister which is uh mm-hmm. it's a bit of a stretch I'll be honest but here we are yeah it, it'd be like that well I will check it out I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to watching this actually my my recommendation for you is is one of the two that I was hanging over last week so I will tell you the other one today that's the movie is called What Men Want. It starts. It stars uh, Taraji P. Henson, pretty good actress, by the way. <laughs> the premise of the show is um, this woman in a man's business world trying to climb the corporate ladder as it, as it is. And she gets the power through some happenstance to read the minds of men. And, she, and the whole premise of the movie is how she uses that power to try and climb the corporate ladder. It's comedy. And I think it's kind of a, a new take on it, you know, being able to read men's minds, focusing on the woman uh, and focusing on the challenges they face as well, but in a, in a, in a comedy, comedic rapper. So I think it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Again, it's not a movie like Spotlight that's really going to 
change your change your outlook on life and you know make you feel things you don't want to feel but it's a, it's a light watch like you said you can probably lean back in your chair relax and enjoy it right it's a raji p henson comedy say less i'm intrigued and so <laughs> yeah she... i thought that... go ahead no i was just gonna say the premise sounds interesting on its she own she reads people's minds right just men she can read men's minds oh okay Right. There's that so underlying then, theme of sexuality and uh-huh. the way men the way men think. It's it's fun. It's it's funny. It's funny. It's good. I'm intrigued. Okay, say less. All right, those are our picks for something to watch. Uh, let's get into uh, our recommendations to each other for things to listen to. Uh, Mihir, I've got another album for you. It's okay. even more indie. My picks this week are pretty <laughs> indie. Uh, it's yep, by a know. band called Bad Bad Hats. Okay, and. Uh, my pick to you is an album called Psychic Reader. It came out in 2015. Really, what all you need to know is that they're so indie, their Wikipedia only needs one scroll. <laughs> okay, all right. But um, I've got into this on the back of the title track, Psychic Reader, which I've been playing pretty much non-stop since um, Thursday. I don't know how it ended up on my playlist. I feel like it might have been in a soundtrack to to one of all the uh, to one of the to all the boys movies. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, purely on the back of the title track, I decided to listen to the album, which is classic indie. It's just a really easy listen for about thirty five minutes. And yeah, like I say, midway the opener is good, and I really love the title track. Uh, so I'd recommend that one to you. Perfect. As you know, I have a love-hate relationship with indie songs um, <laughs> because my exes loved indie songs and, and I, I like some of them, but every time I listen to one, it does make me a little bit angry. <laughs> that so you're having said, a shot at me last week for my poor taste. Yeah, and shut yet. up, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, I will listen to this, this album. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to it. I'm always down to explore new songs 2015 okay it's, it's relatively recent yeah just, compared just to you me, know jeff, to jeff buckley <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah. okay my recommendation for you is uh, a singular song obviously you can listen to the album if you want uh but it's by a man called don chess Duckress. i don't know if you know him he was on america's got talent as one of the singers what's impressive about him is he's 60 years old he does that kind of soulful soulful reggae kind of uh, music the song i want you to listen to is called only a man but listen to the remix version it is better the remix okay oh good lord yeah. <laughs> i just seen it no, this, come up on google um yeah this man this man has you know he has vibes his songs have vibes if you don't get out of your chair and bump your ass left and right to this song I don't know what to say, my guy. Um, so Only a Man remix, check that out. The other one, check out Wiggle Wine, uh, if you like Only a Man. Those are the, <laughs> those are the two songs. That I tell you, I was, I, was on, I was on my classic America's Got Talent marathon on YouTube, and this man came on, and I thought he was bloody amazing. Uh, he sold the entire show. You know, he, he made people, like everyone in the audience, jump up and start dancing to this song. I think you should listen to it. It'll make you boogie. It sounds amazing. He's 60 years old. He's a legend. Go for it. Honestly, you should have just sent me a link to the thumbnail on Google. And oh, yeah, said, maybe I should go. have. And I just said, say less. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. 
2019? <laughs> Are they joking? Yeah, it's 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 new. Um, it's good. It's it's a really funky song. You know, the so it's got lot. It's got so much soul. So much soul. It's insane. All right, golden buzzer for Wiggle and Wiggle. He did win the golden buzzer. He it's won Britain's that for Wiggle. Talent. Wait a sec. Oh, that changes things. It's Britain's Got Talent. Okay. Oh, is it? Okay. I'm, okay, okay. I'm so bad. intrigued. <laughs> Please check it out. It's one song. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> All right. There we go. Only a Man by Donches Dakras uh, yep. is my recommendation. <laughs> 32 Shazams. Here we are. All right. So that brings us on to our last set of picks, the wild cards for each other to uh, watch, listen to, or something else. Following on from last week's burger. I've gone with something completely different. It's actually another indie movie. Okay. But it's one of my favorite movies starring uh, Thomas Mann, uh, Olivia Cook, and RJ Seiler. My pick for you, Mihir, is called Me and Oh and the Dying Girl. Uh, it also came out in 2015, actually. Essentially, the premise is that uh, Olivia Cook's character, Rachel, uh, is a high school classmate of both um, Greg and... Earl. Uh, Greg's the narrator. Earl is RJ Siler. Greg and Earl make these terrible parodies. Like, they know they're terrible. These parodies of famous movies. And so they're kind of the weird guys who have lunch in the teacher's office and stuff. They're not completely outcast, but they're, you know, they're not the popular kids. Uh, Rachel, played by Olivia Cook, contracts cancer. And so as a favor, um, Rachel's parents ask Greg and Earl to just hang out with her and kind of help her through it, help see her during her treatment. It's just a beautiful movie. It's just, again, it's so well written. It's acted brilliantly. Uh, Nick Offerman's in it as this kooky... Yep, I see as that. As the dad see of um, Greg who makes it all these kooky food stuffs and walks around in his bathrobe all the time and just big Nick energy. <laughs> it's just it's a wonderful 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 movie i can't recommend it enough um it came out when i was right at the end of my time at high school and so it's right. it's a coming of age movie it's not really a rom-com it's a love story but it's not really between the two people i can't recommend it enough i actually think i might watch it again too fair enough Aaron, i have a question is this movie gonna break my heart yes Probably. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, it's, it's it's funny. It's sad. Uh, Thomas Mann and Olive, uh, Olivia Cook are just excellent. RJ right. Siler okay. is so funny. It's just a brilliant movie. Perfect. I'll check it out. It sounds interesting. And yeah, I, I you know, it's been a while since I got my heart broken. So it'd be pretty, pretty good to get back on that. <laughs> Perfect. My wild card for you this week is a YouTube channel. Obviously, it's up to you which videos you watch. But it's comedy focused. This channel, the guy who runs it, comes up with really crazy ideas for skits that you know you'd never imagine. And he does it in such a comedic twist. He's very popular too. You might know him, but if you don't, this is gonna open your brain. His name is Caleb City. Have you heard of him? I have not. I was for a okay, second yeah. wondering if it was gonna be um Joji. No, <laughs> I'm not going to recommend that you watch Pink Guy. <laughs> but uh, Caleb City used to be a, a very popular Viner back when that was still a thing, made rest in peace. Uh, and he transitioned <laughs> from Vine to making uh, skits on YouTube. And honestly, this is the best comedy I've seen on YouTube made by anyone. And he does it on his own. It's all, it's just him acting okay. different characters in different parts. 
And the videos are very easy to watch. I, they're not long, two minutes to five minutes max. If you want, sort, sort by his most popular, watch them. Crazy ideas, uh, real takes on some of the crazy things that happen in the world. I think it's really funny. I think you'll enjoy it. I think anyone who doesn't know him will enjoy it very much. Born in 96, God damn it. Um, <laughs> favorite movies, Friday, Spirited Away and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think we would be friends. Yeah. Okay, I'm really intrigued. Yeah, 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 yeah. you should be. I've been religiously watching every, I've watched every single one of his videos multiple times. Kind of a Caleb City mastery, if you will. But I think, I think you'll enjoy them. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, there we go for our picks for Say Less for the week coming up to end episode four. Let's just do a recap. So my pick for something to watch for me here was the Sundance Darling Palm Springs featuring Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. My pick for uh, something to listen to is the album Psychic Reader by the Bad Bad Hats. And my third pick, the wild card, was another indie film, Me and O and the Dying Girl, starring RJ Seiler, Olivia Cook, and Thomas Mann. And my recommendations for Aaron for this week to watch the movie What Men Want, starring Taraji P. Henson. To listen, the song Only a Man, the remix, by Donches Dakres and possibly Wiggle Wine, also the remix as Good well. God Almighty. <laughs> and the wild card for this week is Caleb City, a popular YouTube channel about funny skits. We will speak to you again next week for another set of picks, another set of recommendations, and another set of reviews on the Watchtower Media Network. You're listening to Say Less with me, Aaron Casanova, and me, Mikir Kolhe. We will be back next week. Bye bye.